Hello, 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 and welcome to the Greater Is In Me podcast, where each episode is intended to inform, inspire, and influence listeners to fulfill the greatness that exists within. I am your host, P. Sloan Joseph. Thank you for tuning in today. So before we go into the main topic, I always start with a love and appreciation segment. And so today I want to talk about leggings. They are comfortable. They are colorful. They are versatile. You can wear them with flip-flops, sneakers, boots, anything. It doesn't matter. And I know some of you like to wear them to work. I do not wear them to work. I'm not hating on anyone that does. If you like it, I love it. But as for me, if I wear leggings in a professional setting, there is a chance that those that don't already know that I am professional and competent will assume that I am not professional or competent. And it has to do with that whole, you know, first impression, sometimes what you look like and what you're wearing when people first meet you, that kind of sticks with them a long time. So that's not a chance that I am able or willing to take. So I reserve leggings for my not at work wardrobe uh, weekends any type of break that we have as educators, superpower nap appointments, those types of things. And whoever created leggings, I think that that person should win a prize, a prize for international peace that has to be on like the top 10 list. When you're wearing leggings, you're just more at peace. I know I am. I'm, you know, free. I'm relaxed. I'm unbothered. But let's keep it real. There are too many folks out here being reckless and irresponsible when they're wearing leggings. And uh, some of you are listening and you are shaking your head because you know where I'm going with this. I don't have time today to create a a list of do's and don'ts, but maybe I'll talk about that in a future podcast. However, let me just deposit this nugget in your bucket. Let's just start by making sure that the material is thick enough. Let's just start there. Today's quote is actually anonymous. I could not find who actually said this quote, but I still decided to use it even though I've tried to in the past episodes to make sure that my quote is connected to a person. The quote is, never be afraid to start over. It's a new chance to rebuild what you want. Starting something new can be both exciting and scary. For me, Back in 2003, prior to me being an educator, I worked in the HR department with Family Dollar Distribution Center, and I was very proud of that job, working for a Fortune 500 company, multiple locations, and I saw in my future lots of opportunities for um, financial growth and also for career growth. And I think about the fact that by now, I would probably be earning a six-figure salary. And I think about that several times a month, actually, to be honest, specifically on the 15th and the 30th. And that might sound strange to you, but if you're an educator, especially in my area, you already know what the 15th and the 30th are. Those are very special days because those are the days when my direct deposit hits my bank account. And um, y'all pray for me on the 15th and the 30th because it's bittersweet. It really is. The 15th and the 30th are reminders of where I am and where I thought I would be. And I think about the amount of travel that I would have been able to do if I would have stayed with Family Dollar Distribution Center and the opportunities that I would have experienced as a leading HR professional for a Fortune 500 company. Because at the time, I was entry level, but 
they were, you know, starting new, they were building new um, distribution centers. And there were just a lot of, there was just a lot of growth that was going on. But I also have to think about the opportunities that I've had as an educator. And within education, one of my favorite things to do is to train teachers so that they can go back and impact students. And I have traveled throughout South Carolina, and then I've also done some presenting and some training in North Carolina. And so I have to think about all of the teachers that have come to my sessions, and then if they take that information and they go back to their classrooms and they implement that, then that's impacting their children. And then how does that then impact the world overall? So I have to just continue to remind myself that I've made more of an impact as an educator and as an instructional trainer than I probably would have working with Family Dollar. So that's something that, and maybe that's just a defense mechanism, but that's something that I often think about on the 15th and the 30th or in between the 15th and the 30th when I get frustrated with a particular situation. Being a wife has been exciting and scary. Um, It's exciting because of the love and the support that my journey with Mark has been for me. You know, I can be my true authentic self with him, flaws and all. I don't have to wear a mask of being strong. I can cuss and cry and be, you know, and do whatever I need to do to get what I call to throw it up and throw it out so that I can be a better person because trying to, you know, act like everything's okay and be strong, you know, it just wears away on your inside. And then I don't know if I've already talked about this in a podcast, but you can't give what you don't have. And so if you're not happy and healthy on the inside, you can't be happy and healthy on the outside. You can't give that happiness to other people. And he doesn't judge me. Um, I don't have to wear a mask with him. He and I can sit and talk for hours and he makes me laugh like this the same way he did when we were dating. Like when I say laugh, he is very quick witted and so like tears in my eyes, clapping my hands, like my body is like rocking back and forth, that kind of laughter. And all the while, especially if we're out in public, he's sitting like he has said nothing at all. And I'm the one that's looking crazy because I am cracking up and any of you that know my laugh you know it like that I can control it after a while but that first that it just comes out and then I have to get it under control um but he still makes me smile he when he walks into a room I still smile he's a very nicely dressed man you know always has a fresh cut just full of swag and just all around just a great person and so that's the exciting part of being a wife but then there are scary parts because I've never been married before. And, you know, as, as well as we get along, there are times when we aren't in total, total agreement about certain things. And so, you know, there, it doesn't matter how many books I've read and, or that I continue to read or how much advice that I've received or I continue to receive, you know, we have to figure out what, what works for the two of us. So there's no blueprint because we are unique in the way that we do things. We are very purpose-driven. We live our lives full of purpose and why were we created and constantly searching for that. And sometimes that's not based on tradition or stereotypical expectations. And so, you know, I just have to get up every day and and I'm committed to, you know, being faithful, to being supportive, to listening to him with intent, to understand like his point of view, to love him as he continues to be who he's 
you know, he was created to be. And although he makes, you know, he he likes to say that, <laughs> he likes to say that my love is loud. Um, I think he likes it, you know, low key. He's trying to like throw shade, but he likes it. We've, we've been together for 10 years and that doesn't, you know, that doesn't count the year that he, you know, undercover stalked me when we were back in high school. We were seniors in high school and he was like undercover stalking me, trying to play like he was my friend, but he was really not trying to be my friend. But that's a podcast for another day. Uh, Being a mother is both exciting and scary. You know, I wasn't supposed to be a member of the motherhood ministry. I I was content in the auntiehood ministry. You know, you eat some fast food, you stay up late, you laugh, buy some toys, some clothes, you send them home. I was also a part of the uh, cheerleading coach ministry. Cheer, dance, laugh, do a little mentoring send them home teacher aunt play mama type ministry teach the kids mentor the kids you know you show up for their extracurricular events you ask them about their grades you know you have some real and some raw conversations with them about their future you attend graduation you send them home the motherhood ministry is different because it's 24 hours 365 Just concerned about keeping him alive and safe and, you know, nurturing his social, emotional, his spiritual well-being. You know, questions like, um, have you done your homework? Did you drink enough water today? Did you brush your teeth? Did you wash or did you just stand under the water and rinse off? Son, I keep telling you, you can't just stand under the water and sing at the top of your lungs. You you know, some of your choreography has to include soap and a washcloth or a loofah, something. And then, you know, questions like, why are you afraid of lotion? Lotion could be your friend, son. Listen to me. I hope he's listening to this podcast. He, He normally listens. But my son is smart and he's kind and He's athletic. He has a great sense of humor and both, you know, he gets that from both Mark and me, but he has a a great smile and a personality that I think is going to take him far. He has all those characteristics that's needed for him to fulfill his purpose. And I'm excited about those opportunities that he'll have. But what's scary is the fact that everyone won't think that he deserves those opportunities and the rules are created and and the barriers are created to deter him from, from, from fulfilling the greatness that exists within In episode six, I talked about, you know, the critic, the entourage, the lead singer. These are the folks that I'm afraid that my son, he's going to have to encounter these people. But I know that Mark and I are training him on how to recognize those people and then how to deal with those people. And we're letting him know that, you know, that he's covered by a whole crew of fan club presidents that want him to win with no strings attached. And so grandparents, uncles, aunts, cousins, family, friends, there's a whole village in our village. Like some kids, their village is sick their village is not stable but our village is strong and it's a positive influence and so that helps me kind of not be as scared each day before he goes to school or camp I tell him you are strong you are smart you're kind you're handsome and you're blessed and I tell him that every day so he won't forget it when someone tries to tell him that he's not those things I use those words to rebuild what I want him to believe about himself Now, as an educator, I feel bad that some of my students, they don't have family and friends that fall into that fan club president category. 
And that's why I try to be that for students when I interact with them. You know, my job, I feel like, is to congratulate them when they are right and then to correct with them when they're wrong. And I do my best to provide a balance of that structure and nurture because too much of either is what I like to call educational malpractice. I give them grace to make mistakes, but also allowing natural consequences to teach them lessons that help to, you know, that help them to be reflective and responsible citizens. Many educators, you know, this past week had spring break or maybe this upcoming week you have spring break. No matter when you have spring break, the final weeks of the school year are coming. April is almost over and then we enter what I like to call May Madness. And you may be thinking to yourself, did she mean to say March Madness? I did not. I did not mean to say March Madness. I am not confused. I absolutely meant to say May Madness. For non-educators, let me give you some perspective of what the next six to eight weeks look like. Educators are consumed with teaching the last Um, standards that remain, and then at the same time reviewing the information students were supposed to learn or may have forgotten from the beginning of the year. And then you have field trips, standardized testing, prom, sports banquets, scholarship recommendations, field day, emergency IEP meetings, um, graduation practice, and then graduation. Oh, 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 y'all. And uh, uh, awards day. Let's not forget about awards day. Especially if you're at a school where every student is required to get an award. Oh my goodness. That's another podcast for another day. All I'm going to tell y'all is one year, my son, his teacher gave a child in his class the Snickers Award. What What is that? Thank you for asking. You want to know what the Snickers Award is? She gave that to a child that had a really great laugh. Let me tell you something. If I would have gotten off of my job and sat through an award ceremony and my son was given the Snickers Award, I can tell you who would not be laughing. Peace, Sloan Joseph. And yes, I just talked about myself in third person. That's when you know that things have gotten serious. Another person would have been Mark Joseph. Mark Joseph would not have been laughing about the Snickers Award. <sighs> let me let me get back to my topic because I could go on and on about that for another five minutes. For educators, I know that this is the final quarter, and it's but I want to tell you it's not too late for a fresh start. You need to finish strong with a fresh start, and that's for yourself and for your students. When I say starting fresh, like think about the first day of school and think about how you can adjust that because the reality is we're not on the first day of school, but we can start fresh by reviewing our rules and our procedures and our expectations and our consequences. Um, We can start fresh with new rewards to acknowledge those students that are making our day easier. Start fresh by contacting parents with some good news and I'm not saying call everybody that's not what I'm saying but maybe you can call a few and then send a note home to a few and then maybe send an email to a few and if you're in a position where you know like me where I support teachers start fresh by asking them what can you do to assist them these last six to eight weeks check on them to see if you know they need a bathroom break or visit their classroom and and make sure to leave them a little note about what went well Take the upcoming weeks to rebuild what you want. If you are a parent, 
start fresh by speaking with your child or reviewing with your child the expectations for their grades and their behavior. And don't just talk about consequences, but talk about a reward system. I don't think we do enough. Well, I'm not going to say we don't do enough to reward our our kids, but I think there needs to be a balance. That's what I think I want to say. Because some parents focus on the consequences too much and wanting such all this perfection for their children and no one was created to be perfect and and understanding that and and remembering that and remember that remembering that we as parents are not perfect so why do we put that pressure on our children so that's more about the consequences but also setting up some rewards some meaningful rewards not tangible things that you're buying but just spending time with them as a reward. Maybe that's kind of what I'm trying to say. No matter your profession, take the next week to reflect about the areas in which you need a fresh start. Start small because small things can make a big impact in rebuilding what you want. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that this message fulfilled its purpose, which was to inform, inspire, and to influence you. And until next Saturday, show yourself some love. Remember to take time each day to reflect and reaffirm yourself by saying, greater is in me.